purpose of the year. Amen. I pray you won't be disappointed. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, Scheudenfreude. Scheudenfreude. We are going to learn some German tonight. Scheudenfreude. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 18, and we're going to look at uh, chapter 18, verse 6. When David had returned from killing the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, playing songs of joy on the timbrels. The women sang as they played, and they said, Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul became very angry. This saying did not please him. He said, they have given David honor for ten thousands, but for me, only thousands? Not what more can he have but to be king? And Saul was jealous and did not trust David from that day forth or on. The story about Saul's jealousy of David continues on for several more chapters. And Saul tries to kill David several times throughout the entire story. So angry and jealous of this new anointed king of Israel. What's worse is that he is loyal to this king. And what is fascinating is the person who is supposed to be mentoring David and show him the ropes when it comes to becoming king is trying to kill him. Now think about that. The person who is supposed to be encouraging David, being an advisor for him, also wants him dead. Envy, jealousy, covetousness, all these human emotions course through our bodies because we enjoy seeing people fail. Freud. The joy of seeing others fail. There you go. Where are you going with this? Huh? Just, just, just stick with me. Just stick with me. Freud. When I was a young kid... Um, after I left elementary school, uh, we entered into middle school. And, um, you know, middle school is always a great place to be. Everybody always feels awkward and you're going through puberty and all that good stuff. Puberty. Um, and I remember we made a group of friends. And uh, we had such a great time. A group of us became really close. In eighth grade, our, our relationships were cemented and we were just... We're always doing stuff, playing video games, going playing basketball. And then in high school, a new kid showed up. And, I, you know, he was a really nice guy. And, um, and then he was kind of cool. And he was really smart. And he was really athletic. And he was really good looking. And um, soon he kind of took over the group. And uh, I didn't like that. 
Um, I had an issue with that. I had, it's confession time here, is this all right? I had Schoedenfreud. I wanted to see this guy fail. It was, I mean, he was perfect. I couldn't find a flaw with this guy. And he was nice. I know. Why couldn't he be a jerk? He was nice. He's athletic. Super smart. Man, Freud. Anyway, I remember we were, um, of course, he was always in advanced classes, you know, five grades ahead of me, even though we were his peers. Um, and... And we both tried out for the basketball team. And I remember I was encouraging him. And I was like, you know what? You just, you just go out there. You do your best. Hopefully you make it. And, and uh, of course, he, um, he got the starting position. And I got cut. Um, <laughs> so then the coach came back and offered me to be a manager, serving people water. Who knew that this is something I would continue to do here in this church, is serving people water. The Lord was preparing me. And I remember, because it culminates, this all culminates. I want to see this guy fail. I was so jealous and envious of him. I couldn't stand it. I was like, come on, give me a break here. Anyway, we're, um, we, it, what was really cool is that, um, we, because being a manager, I was actually able to do a little bit of playing. And so that was kind of cool. Um, so we're all sitting. I think this is like our 10th game. It's a home game. And we're down by two points. And, and so, you know, here we're playing. And um, and he comes down the key. And then my friend has the basketball. And he's coming down, and they're passing the ball back and forth. We're down by two points. Literally, there's 10 seconds on the clock. I am not making this up. They're passing back and forth, back and forth. Everybody's holding their breath. And they pass the ball to my arch nemesis. Three-point shooter. And it was a beautiful 90-degree angle shot. And it went in the air. Everybody's holding their breath. And everybody's saying, come on, go in, go in. The only person who was praying against that was me. And I was like. It was like slow motion. And guess what happened? It bounced. Everybody's like, no, and I'm like, yeah. It didn't go out of bounds. It didn't go out of bounds. And I sat down because I did not want anybody to know I had Schoidenfreud. <laughs> we did lose the game by two points. Oh, man. Well, what is it about jealousy and envy? It just, it tends to creep up in our, in our lives. And don't worry, don't worry, God. God did break me. 
Because that's what he does when you have Freud. He breaks you. That's exactly what he did. He broke me. Research and professor at Tel Aviv University, Ohad Bazarli, found that people with social media accounts tended to compare more than those who do not have a social media account. They compare their friends' lives to their own lives, and they feel unhappy with their own life. They would see a picture of their friends at exotic vacations, Tahiti, and here they are in cold Newark, Delaware, fighting traffic to get to work. With the advent of the internet, comparing and coveting other things has accelerated. It is 80% of the time one does on social media is comparing themselves to their friends and how are they doing? Are they successful or are they falling behind, coming in last place in regards to their peers? You notice your friends who are younger than you, having amazing careers, ministries, spouses, kids, houses, exotic cars, exotic destinations, and here you are without. We are comparing because we want to know where do we stand in this hierarchical society. And we do this constantly, sometimes completely unaware that we are doing it. And the Bible is extremely clear on this. The 10th Amendment. We've been talking about the amendments. And um, here we are, the 10th Amendment. The commandment, the 10th commandment. It should be an amendment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. So that means, women, you're wor- you're, you, can, you can covet somebody's husband. So you are free on this. No, that is not what this means. It means spouse. Nor their male servant or female servant nor their ox or their donkey, a lot of donkeys around here, nor anything that belongs to your neighbor. You shall not covet. Hadman, the Hebrew word for covet. And it's interesting, we see this kind of play out in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another, and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. So stop comparing yourself with one another. We do it all the time. We do. Nonstop. I didn't realize how competitive I was until this guy showed up. I took an entire summer going to the gym, working in the morning and the night to outbeat this guy athletically. That's how bad it was. I had bad Freud. Oh, this guy was going to go down. And God, in his most wonderful grace, has me blow out my knee. 
ending my illustrious career as a football player, I wasn't that good either. I was also on the sidelines. So don't think I was like this great athlete. I wasn't. But we like to compare ourselves because we want to know where we are in the pecking order. James is very clear on this. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have. So you murder. You covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. No, it's not good to wish the the downfall of someone else. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let God do some breaking. This is a very critical commandment. So critical that it got us kicked out of the garden. Right? Eve desired. She coveted. Because we have a tendency to compare. So here's the challenge. I'm talking to leaders here, right? These are all leaders. Can you mentor people who will surpass you with their abilities? Can you do that? I don't know. I've seen some pastors who don't like it. Kaboosh. Stay in your place. Stay in your lane. What happens? This is a good one. You've heard this. What happens if your spouse surpasses you with their abilities? I know. I hit fire there. Man, I don't know what is, I don't know what is up with couples. They're like crabs. Like, come back to my level. I know. It's getting quiet. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Because God forbid our spouse is more anointed than the rest than we are, right? All right. All right. All right. What happens if your friends surpass you with their abilities? Can they still be your friends? Obviously not for me. I was trying to hurt this guy. And what's sad, <laughs> out of all the friends that I had, he was the only one that showed up to my graduation party. <laughs> Oh, man, I know, I know. This was, I finally got the Holy Ghost. I think I had the Holy Ghost that year. And so this was before the Holy Ghost. I was trying to, well, not that, that having the Holy Ghost doesn't prevent this anyway, but um, 
Um, but it was, it was, you know, God was kind of kicking me in the stomach there, saying, yep, he's more of a Christian than you are, and he doesn't know who I am. What happens if everybody surpasses you with their abilities? Is that okay? No. <laughs> What happens if you're a bunch around a bunch of talented people? Is that okay? Well, I can't be. I, I have to be the smartest person in the room. Is that right? Come on. Oh, it's getting quiet. I have to be the, the coolest person in the room. Right? No, no. Take an inventory of your friends. See if you're the smartest. What does that reveal about you? And we do it the other way. You know, do we compare yourself to someone who is worse off than you? Sometimes when I try to feel better about myself, I think about Brother Keith. I'm doing way better than he is. We have a unique relationship. I like... I like picking on Brother Keith. Well, at least I'm not like that guy, right? <laughs> don't we do that? Well, baby, at least you, you don't have to go get an organ transplant. That's a good thing, right? And we're comparing ourselves. <laughs> no, that's not okay either. Why do you have to make somebody feel worse to feel better? Scheugenfreude. That's right. There you go. Can you still see that you have value and your value doesn't change by being around people with superior abilities Bigger paychecks, healthier marriages, healthier kids, healthier relationships, prettier faces, or they're just way cooler than you are. Where does your value come from? And I don't believe in that self-esteem stuff. I believe something called Christ-esteem. Our value comes from God. And we got to be careful. God is going to send the next Paul through here. And you have to check your spirit that you don't get envious of the next Paul. Can God send Paul to you? He or she? Sorry, I don't know if most of us could handle a Paul. You'd be like me in the bench, passing out water to the players, praying that that player does not make the shot. How ridiculous does the story sound? <laughs> That's why I want to bring it up. That's how ridiculous it is. It's, it's true. I'm not making it up. This really happened. You know, I'm not very proud of myself. Um, the music had come. Are we comparing ourselves with one another? 
The Bible says, stop. Do not compare yourselves. Because your value comes from him. Not by how smarter you are than the other people around you. Oh, yeah, and Stan, I'm sorry. Sorry. You guys could stand. Where does your value come from? Do you feel better about yourself tearing somebody else down? Or does your value come from God and God alone? So that way he can't put you in positions. He can't send people to you. And you're going to get your spirit in check and take care of somebody and encourage somebody. You're not going to be the next Saul. Because unfortunately, I relate with Saul a lot. I get Saul. Are you going to be sensitive enough that when the next David comes your way, you're going to be the mentor and watch them surpass you? I know it's easier said than, it's easier preached than done. Because we have a lot of insecurities. A lot of us have baggage, a lot of baggage. Not, not more than Brother Keith, but a lot of us have baggage. I, I love Brother Keith. I... We go way back. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, help me, Jesus. God, I, I need to know my value comes from you, Jesus. God, I, I need to know, Lord God, that even though I see other people pass before me, Jesus, that I continue to be submitted to your spirit, Lord. Who knows, Lord, you might send more arch nemesis my way. And God, I pray, God, that I act better than the foolishness I did in high school. Help me, Lord, to be mature, God. Help me, Lord, to embrace my brother and my sister. And help me, Lord, to be an encouragement to them, Jesus. Lord, I know you're going to lead me places, and I'm going to be leaders of more people who are superior than I am. God, check my spirit, Lord. Let me be sensitive to you, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. In your precious name we pray. Jesus. Name.